Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of An Honest Wizard. I, of course, am your host creator, uh, Rob Gustafson, uh, here with you once more, as I do for every ten episodes. And I thought I might answer a question some of you might be asking yourself. Uh, this Lord Cadrian, who tells us about his impressions about magic, often speaks as if he himself is not actually a wizard. Why is this? When he clearly identifies himself as a wizard and a diviner. Uh, the reason for that is Lord Cadrian de Flynn is a fictional character. And he is a fictional character for a role-playing game. But that role-playing game is not Dungeons & Dragons. Uh... He is an amalgam character that I first used in uh, MMOs uh, as my wizard avatar. Uh, and generally, I've never been all that impressed with the role-playing elements of uh, most MMOs, like Warcraft and World of Warcraft and stuff like that. So while I've remade Lord Cadrian de Flynn numerous times, he really primarily exists in my own role-playing game of Dice File, which is a bit different from Dungeons & Dragons. And the rules governing his magic are a bit different from those that a wizard might experience in the game of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, on a number of levels. Uh, first of all, as far as he goes, uh, the idea of bottling up and packaging magic in neat little labels and predetermined dimensions is, is kind of ludicrous. That's not the way magic works in his world, so he's amused consistently at all the variety of all these different spells, including ones that do the same things. Um under different names and, and styles. Uh, so this he's, he's more than smart enough to understand that it's a game and understanding the mechanics behind the game. Um, so, you know, he is telling the truth. You know, this these are his impressions about how useful one spell would be from another. Of course, obviously, there's a great deal of my own input from my own experiences, too. But I'm trying to present those in such a way that both entertains you and also provides a little bit of perspective from you know, somebody who's seen a lot of role-playing games and seen magic of different relative strengths in some of those different games. Uh, he would have opinions on the magic of Shadowrun or uh, Legend of the Five Rings or any game with, with magics. Uh, he would break down the spells, figure out relatively how useful each spell would be, and approach it in a logical sense. So, uh, I thought he would be a good narrator, even if he isn't a Dungeons & Dragons wizard, uh, to do this. And I do have Dungeons & Dragons wizards, too, uh, just nothing that I've played in 5th edition. Um, which would have been fine. I just have a fondness for Lord Cadrian de Flynn. He also, of course, is the wizard that I act as when I do my YouTube videos on the Lair of Omnicide channel for Ask the Wizard. Um, he is currently uh, enduring a stint in wizard jail due to being caught uh, trying some necromantic experiments. So, uh, yeah, I think he's personable enough and, and, and fun to, to play as. 
But uh, it is important sometimes to understand that uh, his his way of doing magic is going to be different from Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, for one thing, magic is inherent to his world of Antir. Wizards are not made, they are born. And if you don't have the talent for magic, you cannot get it through normal means. Uh, you can study about it all you want, and actually through study you can learn some rudimentary spells, but they're less than cantrip level. You know, a simple spell that can, say, sharpen a knife, or a spell that can remove a small amount of dust, not nearly as broad in scope as even the cantrip prestidigitation. Uh, these are the tools and playthings, because there's so much magic in Antir that even normal people can learn some tricks and gimmicks to be able to pull off magical effects. But they're not true wizards. The wizards are basically the nobles of the, of the primary land that the action takes place in Antir um, by birthright and by carefully controlling the society so that they stay in power. Uh, the magical uh, content of the world is so high that the technology they have through magic uh, is fairly close to what we have today. Uh, they have instantaneous communication and instantaneous uh, entertainment on demand. They have a fair amount of automation through golems and uh, other means. So as far as, as, if you ended up in the world of Antir, there would be a lot of changes to get used to. But people there do live a lifestyle that's not terribly, terribly unlike our own. It's just, it's all based around magic. Uh, the celebrities of that world, many of them are themselves mages. And uh, they can uh, come across issues where the society dictates what they can do and what they can't do. Um, it is a somewhat more socialistic society where people are expected to use their talents to, to serve and to help the community, but they are comfortably rewarded because resources are pretty broad because, well, magic. Um, the last thing I think I'd, I'd leave you on to kind of get an idea of what uh, Lord Cadrian's differences in his magical approach are is that uh, wizards use the powers of the magic around them to cast spells. It's not that they bottle it up inside of them. So unless they're really pushing their magic, they don't get drained and exhausted like wizards in Dungeons and Dragons do. Uh, that is fairly important. They can exhaust themselves and they can push. As a matter of fact, it's a active part of their magic. Uh, their magic is basically can be summed up in four parts. Uh, they have a path, which is the way that they use magic, the types of magic they use. So Lord Cadrian is a diviner. That is his path. They have a way, which is their technique that they use. And almost all mages are trained to channel their magic into spells recognizable things that they can chant and gesture and it, magic happens. Uh, there are several mages though who have their own way that is not spell based. Uh, as a matter of fact, the main character in the fiction that I'm, I've been working on for some time now, uh, his name is Sigmund, he's a necromancer and his magic is done through 
uh, talking. He talks to spirits. He sees ghosts and he can talk to them, and they're generally inclined to do what he asks them to do. Um, he doesn't know spells. He knows to talk to people, and if he talks to somebody who is... Uh, he wants to engage an effect in, it has to do with the death magic that is his birthright. Um, in addition to that, all the wizards in my world also have a demon and a doom. Their demon is unique to them, but it is a way that the magic basically talks back to them and tempts them to keep pushing their powers and increasing the magnitude at which they can handle magic. Ultimately, it's hoped by the demon that they will overexert themselves and fall victim to their doom. Uh, the demon can take on a variety of guises. For example, uh, Sigmund is accompanied by an undead cat that can talk to him. Uh, it is clearly rotting, and at various points it sometimes appears as different cats. But that is how he sees uh, the demon. And they're very good at not being noticed by other people. Other wizards can occasionally perceive the demons of other people. And if a wizard can master their demon enough to cause it to interfere with others in service to their master, then sometimes it can you know, manifest in a way that others can see it. But otherwise, generally, they're like their conscience. They're... They're constantly perched in the background, whispering and, and, and goading their wizards. Um, the doom is generally the thing that almost all wizards fear. The monsters in Antir are not uh, horrible creatures that magic out of control has caused. There are some of those, but far many, many are, far more of them are former wizards, basically, who pushed their magic too far and were overcome by it and turned into monsters. And the path that a wizard was following generally dictates the type of monster they would turn into. So, for instance, a necromancer very clearly would turn into some sort of an undead abomination, and the more powerful they got, the more powerful the undead abomination they would become. Um, and even life mages... Uh, who are the primary healers of the world, uh, if they succumb, they can turn into creatures that are every bit as fierce and deadly as a necromancer. War mages, the most powerful of wizards as far as being you know, dramatic and, and you know, overwhelmingly destructive, uh, if they get supremely powerful and they succumb to their doom, they become dragons. And that is one of the greatest fears of the electorate, the group of mages who governs the rest of magedom and, by proxy, the mundanes around them as well. So, a wizard has quite a bit to juggle. On the other hand, they are the nobles of their world, even if they're born to relative uh, ignominy because bloodlines are passed down. Sometimes you'll have a wizard who will slum it, and into a normally mundane household, they'll have a child that suddenly expresses magical abilities. Uh, there are ways of testing, of course. The mages are very interested to find out who in the population has magical powers and what they are. And when they are determined, if they are born into a noble house, they are usually trained by tutors in that house in the ways of casting spells and using their magic effectively. 
If they are not, then they are often taken out of their homes and brought to academies where they are trained. Uh, then, from then on, the mage generally determines what power level they'll operate on. If they don't really want to work on their magical skills, they can dwell quite comfortably without having to do very much work. The state will mandate they do something related to their powers, um, but generally it will not be uh, overwhelmingly dangerous or difficult. Uh, on the other hand, if a mage chooses to push their abilities and get more power and skills, then the, what will be required of them will increase, but so will their prestige, power, and what they can get access to. So, uh, Some wizards, like Lord Cadrian, end up uh, excelling along their paths and, as a result, get positions of power and respect. Uh, Lord Cadrian is the head of an academy, the Nine Stars uh, Academy, which is responsible for training a wide variety of mages. So he has students and other t staff under him. Uh, but now he's in wizard jail, so he can't, uh, can't go to classes right now. How much longer that'll go on, I don't know. I've been enjoying the Ask the Wizard series, so we'll see. But uh, I hope you enjoyed this look behind the scenes of uh, Lord Cadrian's existence. If you're interested at all, uh, go ahead and drop me a line at omnisci at att.net. Uh, that is my business email address, and I'd be happy to converse with you and uh, you know draw the curtains out a little bit more. It's always nice to hear from people who listen to these videos, and if you are you know, enjoying this and want to see something else, just let me know. I'm very open to working with my listeners to bring them exactly the content that they can use and enjoy. So thank you very much for uh, being a part of this, and I look forward to the next stretch uh, where we will, on the next bonus episode, uh, talk a little bit more about uh, Antir and Lord Cadrian's world. Thank you, and I'll talk to you the next time I crawl in front of the podcast. Thanks, and farewell.